Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. So hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Dr. Peter Breslin. He's a psychiatrist who specializes in addiction and pain management, and he's located in Richmond, Virginia. So welcome, uh, Dr. Breslin. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, sir. Oh, you're welcome. So let's just go back to the beginning. Where did you actually grow up? Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia, actually. So right now I'm in Richmond. So I, I grew up there until I was about um, just out of college. And then um, soon after that, I went to med school. Um, I went to Caribbean Med School, and then I did my residency in psychiatry at VCU, which is, obviously is in Richmond. Um, I've really enjoyed Richmond, and it's. Um, I've noticed as other um, colleagues move back to their hometowns, they find it difficult to actually start practices and network. And so that's one of the advantages I had coming out of residency is I knew the the territory and I knew a lot of the resources and stuff like that, um, which was really helpful for me. Well, it's wonderful that you were able to do that. Not many of us managed to do that, but uh, good for you. Uh, so what made you specialize particularly in addictions and pain management within the field of psychiatry? Uh, um, that's probably a long-winded um, answer, but I would say, I'd say probably the, the shortened version would be that um, just the, the kind of reciprocity of, of just being able to help people. Um, a lot of psychiatry, it ends up um, being... Um, you know, you, you kind of beat yourself up a lot of times because some people it's really difficult to help at times and you don't have all the services. But in, in the field of addiction, you know, when somebody comes in saying that they have a problem and, you know, it really, it's nice to be able to kind of grab it, work with it and be able to kind of turn it around and be able to say, okay, well, you know, if you're coming in with, you know, a history of opioid dependence, but you have this chronic pain and we need to tease these things apart and we need to find ways to be able to, to manage a lot of these things with as little opioid as possible, um, then I, I can easily work with that and that's great. And patients are usually highly motivated. So I'd say um, there, there's kind of a good motivation factor when you're working in this field as well. Okay, so what would you say one of the best things is, you alluded to, you know, how it's all inter, interrelated, but what is the best thing would you say at this point um, about being in this field for you? <laughs> um, I would say, you know, uh, it never ceases to kind of amaze me, somebody who um, gets better, gets their life back to better, um, into a better place, especially in addiction, because people come in and they're just at their, this is, you know, it's their last resort type thing. 
they're at the bottom of where they would ever could have ever imagined where they would be. And I get to take that and be able to kind of get them back to where they were. And it's one of the most amazing feelings that I've, I've had in this whole field because, and it's funny because males and females will have different kind of things. Like a male, they'll sold like their cars, they've sold everything. And like one of the biggest factors at first would be like, man, I got a car again, finally. It's like almost like one of those rite of passages coming back, you know, as they get back into being a more functional world. Uh, it's very rewarding to, to a large degree. Wonderful. Yes, I can I can relate to to helping patients, um, you know, turn their life around and really make major pro- progression towards a, a new life, as it were. So it's just fantastic. Uh, what are the common questions people ask you when they see you? Um, I would say um, generally people want to know background. People want to know if I personally have a history of addiction. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those sizing up type things, but also mm-hmm. more important, I, importantly, I think it's an empathy thing. They want to know. I think, you know, a lot of times um, people do addiction work which out, without much kind of understanding what that person's struggles are going through. And I think that's really what they're looking for is someone to be able to understand and empathize and not just be judged. I think that's one of the problems with the field of addiction is just there's too much judgment by, and I don't think it's addictionologists that are judging. I think it's um, a lot of the other fields. Like when, and, and, I, and I, I can't, I can't be too negative about it because you know, like that ER doc that continually sees that person coming in for this pain and having to kind of treat them and, and not kind of feel like they're doing right by the patient by giving them opiates, but that's the only thing that will kind of help them in the moment. So. Um, so, so, I mean, it's really kind of the biggest thing is being able to sit down and work with these people so that they feel that they're being heard and understood. Yes, yes. So what specific techniques do you use to maybe help them with stress or to induce relaxation? Is that a part of your, your um, service? So, yeah, actually, um, that's one of the more interesting things is people kind of get out of that first stage of just like withdrawals <laughs> um, is trying to deal and cope with stress in life. And, and, you know, I mean, I hate to be pessimistic, but my view of American life is just that it, it's overwhelming. It's, it's so much to, for a human to navigate and to deal with. Um, and so I have a good number of um, nurse practitioners that that is their main focus is just, how do we help these people? Whether it's just somebody getting back into the gym and getting you know things kickstarted, whether it's um, so I mean I feel like exercise is a big part of being a stress management type thing. Um, whether it's something like CBT and dealing with anxiety, because a lot of people get addicted because of either like anxiety or depression, and so therapy absolutely has to be a huge component of um, getting better. Um, and then you have some even more simple things like recovery groups, NAAA. Um, those are always they're, they're always good. And but one of the things is it's kind of hit or miss for a lot of people when it, it comes to those meetings. I prefer something that's a little bit more tailored to the person. But yeah, we we continually work on resources for people so that they have the highest chance of doing well. Really. Mm. Wonderful. So let's just maybe be a little bit more specific. Can you just uh, recall a recent patient that you've actually helped? Obviously, we don't want to know their name, his or her name, but but what was the situation and how did they come through that experience? 
Um, so I work with a lot of, so I work largely with the recovery group called the McShin Foundation in Richmond. Um, so a lot of people come from across um, states and stuff like that. Um, I think just one of the biggest things is just helping people acclimate um, not only with just kind of their surroundings, but McShin Foundation is a large organization. It's incredibly intimidating. Um, and they have to interact with people um, and in large groups and, and they're, they're, you know, they have to do readings and stuff like that. And that's really, really stressful for a lot of people who have a baseline level of anxiety. So just being able to kind of work with them, even if it means having to maybe go to a meeting or something like that to help people make people feel more comfortable or um, getting, helping them get to know the other staff and stuff like that. Because once people realize that, that everybody, not everybody is against them and they're actually trying to help them. It's a completely different kind of catalyst that happens. Um, so just making people feel welcome, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So what would be, or who would be an ideal patient for you? Uh, <laughs> um, I really don't think there's any such thing as an ideal patient. I mean, um, you know, everybody comes from a different, walk of life there are people um, sometimes I have a little bit stronger of an empathy with um, you know certain struggles they've gone through um, but that really doesn't change any part of my treatment plan um, because there, there, there honestly is there's no um, typical patient <laughs> a lot of people have had a similar history but everybody is so completely unique yes yes I agree I agree. Okay, so what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now in your in your career? Um, Career-wise, um, you know, well, what I would eventually like to do is go from kind of a small office with therapists and and providers to something that's more encompassing, maybe even like a rehab one day, um, which would take an incredible amount of work because. Now you're dealing with different types of insurances and it becomes a logistical nightmare. So it, I think this is one of the hard parts that not many people realize the back end work involved in trying to get people help. Um, it, it sadly doesn't become as much medicine as it is almost like business. And, it, and it's sad because we have to navigate these insurance companies and, and make sure that, you know, things get paid for. And so, I mean, career wise, I mean, that's probably my biggest challenge is being able to navigate the healthcare system. And I, and I get why patients are so frustrated with the healthcare system because it's so incredibly confusing. And, and it's not, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's 100% there to really help people all the time. I mean, yes, ERs are wonderful and stuff like that. But once you get into, you know, health insurance companies putting up prior authorizations and blocking care and stuff like that, it's... You need a whole team of people to be able to navigate something like that. It's it's sad in, in this kind of day and age. Mm, okay, okay. So, what would be what would you like to share that I haven't already asked you? <laughs> um, I you know I just really so I mean I'm really I have a really strong opinion of, of addiction, and um, the only thing I would hope that you could maybe pass along is. Um, trying to have family members really understand their 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 kids, their loved ones, 
um, and not just have such a negative opinion because these negative opinions about addictions is what make things worse. It doesn't help people. So um, the one thing I would say would just be that if you could maybe help other people understand, I know you already do actually, but maybe even spread it even more that, you know, loved ones need support, not, not um, judgment. <laughs> uh, because it, it's really addiction won't get off the ground unless that person has support and love in their life. Um, you know, I mean, there are cases where people do get better, but there's, I mean, it's far and few between without loved ones. Yes. Yeah. In fact, you know, it is true. It takes a community to, to raise an individual and takes a community to help an individual move forward with their struggles and their addictions and their, their problems. I absolutely, I entirely absolutely. agree. Okay. So where could our audience go to learn more about you or your services there in Virginia? So I'm based, yeah, so I'm based out of Richmond. Um, I have a webpage. Um, it's just peterbreslinmd.com right now, but I'm actually trying to, so again, kind of the back end of it, I'm trying to start kind of rebrand. Um, and so I want to start a practice called Verity um, Addiction. So it's V-E-R-I-T-Y, Verity Addiction. Um, and just grow from there and just trying to give as many people as help as possible. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I wish you the very best in this endeavor and into, into your new world of um, helping more and more people and likely you as well. well yeah well thank you so much i appreciate your time today thanks for joining me thank you <laughs> have a good afternoon